0: This is Father Joseph Anthony Cress,
1: and this is Father Jacob Bertrand Janzik.
0: Welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us, and if you enjoy this show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcast. Well, Jacob, Father Jacob Bertrand, we are <laughs> super informal. I know, I know, it's been. It's it's late in the day, okay. So, uh, <laughs> but as we uh, we launch into this episode, it's a topic that I'm very excited about. It's it's something that I really really love, and I know that you share the same passion, oh, right? Yes, I know it's so good. But we there, there's a unique aspect of our Catholic faith that has you know in some ways gets characterized or kind of um, maybe misunderstood, and it's our love for the saints. Yeah, and how important those um, those models and uh, saints that have gone before us are. But specifically, as we talk today, is like those saints that are a little more contemporary, a little yeah. more recent for us. So, what we're going to be uh, discussing today are those saints that are kind of in the, of the 20th century, the the most proximate saints and th- their importance in our lives. Uh, and we'll talk about a few of them that are important for each one of us. But um, as kind of like a a, a overarching theme and and whatnot, like uh, can you talk a little bit about like the role of saints in our lives, but like why are we then turning our focus on these more recent ones for this discussion today?
1: Yeah, there's um, in the church has long been a tradition of sort of veneration of saints, of mm-hmm. honoring the saints, um, those who have lived holy lives before us. I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with this concept, uh, with this reality of their own devotions to their own saints and these sort of things. Um, but I think it's important in that to point out the, where kind of the saints fit, mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. why, right? Why? In general, not just contemporary saints, but all saints, you know? So if you look at uh, the the sort of cosmos, right, where, where creation is, mm-hmm. we have... We have this, the created world, the, like the the physical, visible world, but we also have the world of of heaven, and not a world of heaven, but we have oh, yeah, heaven, yeah. the incorporeal world, that um, that place to which we are all moving towards. That's like mm-hmm. the most. That's like a Father Gregory jargon. <laughs> I feel ridiculous for saying it, um, but just because we aren't there yet doesn't mean that the church doesn't exist right there, right? right so it's right. one church that incorporates both the church on earth and the church in heaven. So mm-hmm. um and we're part of that in our way, uh in, in in our in a way that's appropriate to our being on this side of like eternity. Mm-hmm. But again, that doesn't mean that there's a divorce between the two. No. In in fact, just the opposite. There's an intimate link between the two. You know, we can Mm -hmm. think about our relationship to the angels. We can think about our relationship to God the Father and the Trinity and the persons of the Trinity. We can think about and then our relationship to the saints. So the saints occupy, we could say, like the same church, the same kind of uh, body, the Mm -hmm. mystical Mm -hmm. body that we do. So then it's a question of well, how does that relate to us, or how Mm -hmm. do like how do we interact with that? Um, I think there are two things, at least. Maybe there are more, but there are two things that I want to point out. One is that the saints intercede for us. Yep. Yep. Their role in heaven is to help guide us to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, in ways that are appropriate to them. So they're they don't, they don't create grace right. to give us, but they they are part their you know, they're real causes and are coming to holiness mm-hmm. in their own ways. You know, you can think of a patron saint. Or you can think of like your confirmation saint, or you can think of for us who take religious names, you can think right. of like our saint, the saints that we're named after in those kind of ways, um, saints you pray to because you have a particular difficulty. You know different ways that the saints mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. augment, work as causes in 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 um, creation. The second thing is that they're examples. Yeah of earthly holiness, of lives on earth that are, that are transformed by grace. So they're examples and sort of things to be imitated or mm-hmm. persons to be imitated. Um, sometimes when I talk about the saints, I like to point out the fact that s- that particular saints that we know, So there are a ton of saints we don't know, but those that the church venerates, that there's familiarity with, um, they have the whole host of virtues, but they often highlight like a particular virtue. Right. So think of like St. Dominic here and like wisdom and preaching. We can think of St. Thomas Aquinas and truth and study. We can think of St. Francis and um, and, like poverty and the poverty of Christ and, and these kind of things. So they highlight different aspects of the Christian life that we get to see and then Participate, God willing, in our own way. In so intercession and sort of like exemplars.
0: Yeah, that that, uh, that aspect of like kind of highlighting being the exemplars for us is, I, I think, is beautiful because that starts to show the the total beauty of the the church glorified yep. and how kind of diverse it really is. Because you get to see the saints who have thrown themselves into a life of uh, poverty, while there's others that are, you know, kings and uh so you get to see that like holiness is possible in a variety of contexts like it, right. it's not very cookie cutter and it's not uh really beige or bland but it is it is brilliant but it's it's attainable in no matter what circumstances it may be right you know i'm thinking of um this is i think uh first father not father uh Joseph Benedict Labore, mm-hmm. I think is the name. He was a he was a beggar on the streets of Rome. Yeah. So like, how uh, holiness was present even in those contexts. So when you start to see the saints as models and exemplars, like yes, there are certain virtues and certain aspects of their life that are uh, highlighted um, for one particular saint, while for the other. But that issue of intercession too is 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 really uh, beautiful. You're like, yeah, there the saints aren't the ones who cause grace. Like only God can do that but they're like our our, um our cheering section you know like i'm always using sports analogies Mm -hmm. you know so like i'm thinking of like you know when i was a a schmuck of a fifth grade basketball player you know there was a cheering section for me like i had my my siblings i had my parents there cheering on and i had them kind of encouraging we should say the coach to you know put me into the game or (laughs) you know encouraging to play pass me the ball and those types of things but there's that element too that the saints that are that kind of they're the intercessors because they don't cause that grace they're not the ones who get to dictate it but they they are that uh, kind of encouragement so that when you finally do get to see the playing uh the the court of the playing field they're encouraging you to keep going keep fighting keep you know find the open space so that you can get the best shot possible and they can be that example and encouragement in all those ways. So I think that's, that's really, really uh, important. I love the, both those facts that, that you bring
1: up. and that Yeah. And two, it's important to remember. And I think this will play in is an important thing as to why, like we wanted to talk about contemporary saints. Right. As, yeah, yeah. Um, but sometimes the saints can seem like very, I mean, chronologically, temporarily, like, distant yeah, far totally. but also just like themselves seem very foreign and like mm-hmm. other and especially as we consider our own lives like well i'm not that holy and they're like so holy and different and yeah, yeah. um but we have to remember that the saints are people they're not just like historical <laughs> figures yeah you know they were they are in the sense that they were part of history but they're they're people and this is why they have like the ability to intercede and why we can pray for them because they're they're people they're they're in the you know in the church glorified mm-hmm. and they're in heaven but they're still people you know there's still people who were who are holy because of the because of the grace that was offered Mm -hmm. and the grace Mm -hmm. with with which they cooperate in the same way that you know our holiness is is achieved or arrived at in that way that god makes us holy it's not that that they were just like better athletes and that sort of thing but that they that that grace transformed them such that they were made to be saints um and 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 that too is there for for us, you know, they're a reminder yep. of that reality too.
0: I think it's uh, it's kind of a cool thing. You talked about, like, oh, there's this distance and historically, you know, we can hear these saints and, you know we live in a modern context i think sometimes we were always a little skeptical of the stories of mm-hmm. you know saints of ages past yeah. and you know of medieval lore or, or post you know pre-medieval stories it's like that kind of sounds ridiculous like are we sure that actually happened or is this just getting you know kind of blown out of proportion for effect or, or whatever it may be so there's this kind of like oh, i don't know man that, that seems kind of uh, a little exaggerated and not quite can we really verify that that's that's something i hear a lot of people people, uh, and even myself in some senses, uh, when you hear those kind of stories of the saints and whatnot. But I think, too, there's um, there's this little aspect of holiness is weird to this world. Yeah. And this, I, I remember back uh, during our retreats that we gave over the summer, like, that was a the theme that actually kind of came up repeatedly is, like, when we're actually pursuing holiness, we're going to seem a little foreign or a little weird to this world and ultimately that's rooted in the fact that we're not made for this world you know and so like you're going to f- feel a little kind of uh, off kilter a little mi- a little bit weird to this world's standards but that is also part of the uniqueness of holiness yeah and so there are some aspects that you look at saints that are you know either a distance chronologically or a distance you know via weirdness <laughs> and, and like to not be
1: surprised that in these saints there is a little bit of um, weirdness for yeah. that. And we're not made for this world, but it's also the case that, like, the values, if we want to use that that language, but, like, the values of discipleship and Christian living also aren't in accord, unfortunately, mm-hmm. often with, like, secular values. Yeah. Now, there's, there's overlap and stuff, but, like, there are also things that really were, like, really come to to a head and it's like no this is this is a and this is b and one holds to a and one holds to b and these are diametrically opposed so of course when you enter into a setting like that it's like yeah this seems there's something a little strange weirdo by particular standards exactly yeah so all
0: right, so I want to launch into actually talking about some of our favorite contemporary saints okay Okay, I'm gonna launch into it and then we'll go back and forth on some things and just because there's a plethora like I'm so grateful that we're living uh, I mean, we were both born in the 20th century mm-hmm. and there are a lot of saints of the 20th century, which is really cool. Yep. Um, so we have a lot to talk about in that sense. But one of the the saints that I want to launch off and, and launch uh, talking about is Padre Pio. Okay. Uh, he was a very important saint in, in my life and in my faith um, because he was the first kind of saint that I had this experience of. Like, actually, holiness actually might be closer to to you than what you expect because i grew up with that same mentality that holiness is for ages ago in these saints and these stories is so far past us but hearing about padre pio i remember i was i was in high school when i heard the first stories of of padre pio's life and it's ridiculous this man was insane he could read souls he could locate uh, he could like fly around and, and you know, levitate and in his holiness. He had the stigmata. He had uh, powers of, of healing. He m- was in like physical battles with demons and, and, and yeah. devils and all these things. I'm like, this stuff is absurd, you know? And then I found out that he died in the 60s. Like, this wasn't hundreds of years ago. And I remember having this beautiful moment of realizing, like, oh, this this all happened like within our lifetime. Now I wasn't born in the '60s, but my parents were alive then. Yeah, like that's not multiple generations removed. Maybe one, maybe half generation out. And I remember thinking, if God's still doing that stuff to that man in our cre- present day circumstances, He still loves us. And I remember thinking that, like, wow. That man's holiness and that man's absurd lifestyle of, of holiness is constantly communicating that the Lord hasn't abandoned his people in the present day context. Yeah, And that, that for me is like why I'm so excited to talk about contemporary saints is because they are um, figures that engender hope within us and a confidence that God hasn't forgotten his people even in this present day circumstances even very close to us. So that was the first experience for me of a contemporary saint, a radically like contemporary saint but also a radical saint, but seeing that God hasn't forgotten his people and God hasn't um neglected them and he continues to pursue and call absurd radical sa- saints in this present day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I immediately think of Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think w- what you said, this sort of the contemporary saints remind us of God's like uh, what contemporary care for us mm-hmm. and for the world. Um, another thing that I think the sort of contemporary modern day saints do is they they appeal to us because, or they appeal to me. I, I think to us, I'll say us. Yeah, um, Because yeah, yeah, you can. Because we're such a visual kind of culture, you can think, like, the time of, like, the ancient cultures were very auricular. Is that the word? Like, they passed things on by hearing them. Like, so they didn't write a lot. They, Mm -hmm. like, told stories. So you can even think of, like, the ancient Greek poets, like – the, the Aeneid, as far as I understand, I'm not an expert, here, but like, <laughs> it wasn't written down for a long time. These right. things were like, these were stories that were told over and over. Um, you can think of like the first years of Christianity, like the scriptures yeah, totally, weren't, you totally. know, it took a while for the canon of scripture to form because mm-hmm. the stories of Christ, the gospels were, were they were like, Paul would write a letter and the red, letter would be read and then yeah. it'd be passed on that sort of way. It wasn't written to have like a textbook or even like a book of scripture, like yeah. it, it was a yeah, different yeah. kind of culture. Through the centuries you had cultures, there are times that were more, I don't know what the word would be, but like used to reading mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. I think us were very visual kind of things. You mm-hmm. can just, even in bad ways, you know, you have like yeah, yeah, YouTube totally. shorts, TikTok, like these sort of like these quick kind of blips, but we, we do a lot with how we see things. Mm-hmm. And for yeah, for better or for worse, that's not what the conversation is. It just, I think it is what it is right now. Mm-hmm. And something that appeals to me with contemporary saints, and this is leading to back to Blessed Pierre George, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> but is that we can see them? Yeah, we can look at pictures of them. Like with with ancient saints, you might have relics, and like I can see a femur, but I have no idea what that person looked like. I can see like a skull, but I have no idea what that person looked like. Um, you could have a painting or something. I've no but Yeah, we have icons and paintings. But yeah, the, the, uh, stained, stained glass, glass windows, windows, like these yeah. kind of things. But like to see a picture, like a photograph. Or like a video, or mm-hmm. even like newer saints. One that I want to bring up when we're when the time is when the time is right um, in a minute is like John Paul II. Oh, yeah. You know, like these we saw them. You yeah. know, but so Pierre Giorgio Frassati died in the first half of the what was it? Twenty four. He died mm-hmm. in nineteen twenty four. He was like like twenty what three something like that yeah, years yeah. old. Um, Italian from Turin, from Northern Italy. I imagine a lot of people are familiar with him. But there's what I think blessed pure Giorgio shows us as a sort of um is what kind of like an unassuming holiness mm-hmm. even in the way he died it was an unassuming holiness and what i'm th- so he died young of a di- of, uh, it was um it wasn't tb what was it uh, i can't remember but you was might it remember polio? no maybe it was like a, a viral form of polio or something yeah, he yeah. died very quickly i should know but Um, one of the things, so blessed be Giorgio, he was like kind of like a dude's dude. Like he liked to hike, he liked to ski, he liked to spend time with his friends. He was a student, but he also like goofed off a ton. And one of the things that was learned is that he also gave a lot to the poor and like at his, at his funeral, like the streets were just packed and his family was like, who are they? Like all the people who knew him in turn, like it was just this unassuming holiness, but also this. Kind of holiness in the midst of like normalcy mm-hmm. um, yeah like he's a student, he's a friend, he likes to be outdoors, he likes to you know just hang out with his with his buds. You have pictures of him like drinking with his friends or oh, like God. climbing a mountain or smoking a pipe. It's like he was real. there's sort of a sense of realness to it that sometimes you lose as like history kind of goes yeah. you know years past. so for me, that was kind of my first experience, like yeah, there's like a real like a real dude here who loved <laughs> our Lord and is obviously holy. You bring up one of the things
0: that I'm, I'm so happy that we're able to talk about is the fact that, like, with these contemporary saints, we have that exact experiences. Like, you can see them, yeah. Right, you can have their letters. You know, and Pierre Giorgio's is a great one. He has a, there's a collection of all of his letters, which are really beautiful and sometimes hilarious. Mm-hmm. He had a really good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something really beautiful because our contemporary society relies so much on its visual uh interaction to have saints from the past that maybe you just have uh second third account stories of but it's different when you actually see the picture of them Mm -hmm. how many times you see those little holy cards which are like you know the iconography of a saint or uh you know a painting of of the saint or something like that it's different when that picture is like or that that little holy card is a a picture of that individual and you get to build that connection with them and, and see, you know, what their smile look like. You get, get a sense of their sense of humor. And, and later on in the 20th century, uh, w- we have saints who we can hear them, their recordings of their voice. And we know what their tone and inflection is like. We get to see their mannerisms and th- you're like, oh, man, I do that same thing. Like, it builds up that relationship. And it's about, and I really, really, truly believe this, and I'll say it time and time again, it's about making holiness accessible and attainable for all
1: yeah a realistic kind of
0: possibility yeah and and that's what uh you know blessed pierre Giorgio did so well is that like you looked at it it was like here's a young man very handsome man very outgoing man very uh, rambunctious uh, outdoorsy active man how many other people are like that you know, those things don't preclude the deep union with Christ. Yeah. And that's what uh, Pier Giorgio does so well. And that's why, you know, he's a really popular saint with a bunch of young adults. But I think all of those elements tie into that and actually make him attainable and accessible. And by him being accessible, so too is holiness in union with Jesus. Yeah. So, um, all right. You mentioned another saint. um, Let's, yeah, let's let's go on to a few other saints. I want to maybe hold off on JP two okay. because there's just so much there, okay. and we'll make a glancing blow to him. Um, I think one of the other saints I, I would like to talk about is Blessed Yearsy okay. uh who is a Polish saint uh, and uh, rose up in the the 80s and, and died in the early 80s. Uh, and one of the reasons I love him is he was this priest who was able to kind of uh, engage with the Solidarity Movement there, to fight for the rights of workers and against uh, the the political regime at that time, and worked so hard for the dignity of each and every person that was there in Poland at the time. I don't know if I said that earlier, but yes, he was Polish. Uh, In my encounter with Blessed Years, he came through uh, World Youth Day that took place, and he was one of the patron saints of World Youth Day back in 2016. And so because he would just be this radical voice for the dignity of the human person, including the dignity of the worker, mm-hmm. uh, in that he um, got this kind of reputation. And for the current political uh, regime at that time, it was not a reputation they uh, liked. It was. I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he he was assassinated for defending human dignity. And he was assassinated and um you you saw this like radical holiness that was defending life in its fullness defending human dignity and was taken out because of that in a very brutal way Mm -hmm. and um i remember reading that and it was at the time or, or coming to uh know more about his life and trying to piece all the pieces of that puzzle together so, you know, what it looked like when he celebrated mass in the fashion. I was like, wow, that kind of looks like what my parents dress like, you know, when I see pictures of my parents, yeah. you know, and had that point. And then I remember starting to watch um, TV show Stranger Things, which is set in the 80s and the setting of that like very, very popular TV show was the same time frame as this radically holy priest. It was like, do we realize that? These people
1: occupied, this, well, Stranger like, Things is fake. It's the, fake, the, but
0: like culturally, yeah. that was the same time frame.
1: Yeah.
0: And like you, you're watching this TV show that's set in the 80s. Is like, would you have ever expected that there was an extremely holy, radical man who was united with God that is a canonized saint yeah. at that same time? So like that was a really fun experience too to realize that like even in our cultural milieu, like the saints Impose themselves because in, into all areas of this because of their union with Christ is is constant right. in the holiness and, and God's offer of that is is constant
1: as well. Yeah, so- this this constancy is something that is coming into my mind. This sort of theme of like. With with the saints of like ever ancient, ever new. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because like yeah. with sanctity, we're talking about the or these this contemporary sanctity. There's like there there are new ways by which holiness is made manifest. Uh-huh. Right, because like a saint in the 1970s and early 80s in Poland would make no sense in the 12th century. No, and a 12th century saint would make no sense in the late 20th century. But there are, without a doubt, these. So that's where you have your ever new kind of thing, right? Holiness is is ever new, but you also have this ever ancient kind of thing where like holiness is is the highlight, or holiness is heroic virtue on display. You yeah, know, there's like this beautiful flourishing of virtue, and ho- and that that sort of like arc throughout uh throughout like. The Christian era of mm-hmm. of holiness is is there, which is a reassuring thing. Like it's refreshed anew when when according to the Spirit and mm-hmm. when it's needed. But there's also like Christ doesn't change. Like the offer of holiness doesn't change. It's oh, there. That's, to yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right one of the saints that pops into mind too that uh, I read about Pier Giorgio in The Novitiate for the first time okay. and then I also read about um, Gianna Beretta Mola in oh, yeah. um, The Novitiate for the first time so Blessed Gianna was um, a woman, a medical doctor, Italian, another Italian. <laughs> she had she was married and had a couple children and I think it was her third child or mm-hmm. fourth, I don't remember um, there was something wrong with the pregnancy and it was recommended that she um, terminate the pregnancy, that she have an abortion because of such like the, the high risk that the pre- pregnancy was and she refused to do that she refused to have an abortion um and she gave birth to a daughter um, mm-hmm. and just a few weeks later died from complications from the pregnancy um and of course for all the reasons we can think of was thought to be foolish and criticized for the you know for yeah like what you know save yourself you have other children you have a family mm-hmm. blah 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 um but like obviously a super beautiful and powerful not a story makes it sound like it's fake but story you know yeah, yeah, but um yeah. that a mother would would sacrifice herself for for her for her child in mm-hmm. that sort of way and there like like we were talking about with pictures and the visual kind of things there are those but there are also these love letters between her mm. and her husband, husband from when they yeah. were dating yeah. and later on is like these decisions were made um that are just you can read love letters or letters between saints from different times and again like mm-hmm. yeah you garner something from that ever ancient aspect but there's such a contemporary reality that you can like you can see pictures from her wedding you can see pictures from like when they were dating when they were exchanging these letters and it's just like the yeah the, the sort of contemporary mind clicks with that so much right. more quickly and um, the offers it's not more attractive in the sense that like the others aren't but it's like more readily attractive yeah. in ways so yeah she always she really caught it has always kind of caught my attention yeah
0: that that brings I, i think it's so beautiful because as we're talking about the importance of these contemporary saints and and why it's so important and attractive to us um there can be that experience that like holiness doesn't apply to my life because it doesn't know what i'm going through yeah right you look once again saints from the ages past can be great examples great moments of encouragement to be uh, to edify us in in radical commitments to the Lord, but there's such a kind of a narrative or maybe a whisper that's like, yeah, but that's not what you're going through. You're going through something that is is so different. Like that level of holiness doesn't know anything about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And that's a lie, right? But it, it whispers, and we look at our contemporary scene right now and the the how. Um, you know, how readily uh, uh, available in, in the problems of crisis pregnancies and why abortion gets so uh, presented and encouraged. And here you have a saint who had those options. Right. You know, it wasn't like there was ages long ago where they said, well, like, oh, well, that wasn't available or, or she, it would have been better and she would have had a different time. It's like, no, 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 she had that option to have an abortion and she chose not to. Yeah. for the value of the life of her child, um, for her child's sake. So you look at somebody, who's like, well, actually, they know those pressures. They For for a woman who's, you know, in a crisis pregnancy in, in this variety of ways, you know, a woman can look to a saint like St. Gianna and, and say, like, wait, she had to make that same decision I had yeah. to make. And I think you even
1: know? with her, I think, I mean, we both used abortion. I'm not even sure if it would have fallen under that, which kind of makes it even— more heroic because I think I don't know if it was an ectopic pregnancy which would fall remember. under like yeah. double effect in these sort of but like her she chose to give herself for yeah. her child Yeah. you know uh, the beauty of that and, and like you said in a contemporary era mm-hmm. it's like yeah. mind blowing
0: beautiful the last the last one that I, I think we need to just like throw kind of a glancing blow over uh, to it is a more recent saint more recent blessed uh, blessed Carlo Alcudis, uh who I mean, my my years may be off, but I think he's the first one that died in the 21st century, N- Could be. not as a martyr. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. Uh, non-martyred 21st century uh, saint. No, John Paul II died in the 21st century. He did. You're right. Never mind. My facts are off. Anywho, maybe he was born in the 21st century. Anyway, majority of his life was in the 21st century. I, I whatever. Uh, but Blessed Carlo is a fantastic young. He was a young man who passed away. But he was one who, uh, you know, loved technology and uh, specifically the Internet and was able to devote or translate, I should say, his devotion of the Eucharist into the Internet. Yeah. And it's like, wow, who would have thought that we'd have, you know, saints of the Internet? We talked about how important it is to see pictures, to see video, to hear their voice. And that's something that's unique with 20th century saints. Well, now we're moving into 21st century saints where we have their their websites you know and how beautiful and how encouraging that is you know specifically us who who use the internet as evangelization to see that somebody initiated that and was doing that and uh was doing it with great holiness and i think that's our our goal and our encouragement as well so um yeah i think that stuff's really really important uh the one of the few things i want to kind of maybe wrap up and then to have our final points on something I preach a lot about uh, in Charlottesville at the University of Virginia is the fact that the Lord hasn't abandoned, the Lord hasn't forgotten about us, and still inspires us, still pours forth the Holy Spirit with vigor, with abundance to raise up contemporary saints in this world. And so sometimes you have to ask that question is like, will this city, will this, will Charlottesville be this like locus of, of holiness so that in years past they look and say, like, look at all those saints that were together? You know, we know that the Lord raises up saints like kind of in in packs Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, the saints of Lima, Peru of generations past. But there's no reason, none at all, that that couldn't happen right now. And there couldn't be saints that are contemporaries with each other, friends with each other living in the same proximate location with each other. And that can happen now. And I don't think that's an endeavor that we should shy away from.
1: Yeah. And the 20th, I mean, the Confederate saints, like we've been talking about, are such a, an example of that. Yeah. I mean, we can think, we, we didn't name a lot, you know, Father Maximilian Kolbe. Oh, yeah. We mentioned John Paul II in passing. St. Faustina. St. Faustina. But, like, the 20th century popes that are, you know, Oh, my gosh, yeah. Saint, Like, obviously, there's only... Well, I was going to say there's only one pope at a time. We're, we're in a different setting now with the pope of matters. But um, they weren't living together in the sense of, like, yeah. you're describing. But, you, you know, this sort of—you um, still have this pocket of, like, holiness, this time mm-hmm. period of holiness and the succession of holiness. So, yeah, who's to say it can't be someone else? Now? Yeah, exactly. Why not now?
0: Well, thank you, as always, for listening to this episode of God's Planning. Please follow us on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram like this episode subscribe on YouTube or on a, your podcast app wherever you're listening. Please leave us a five star review. Uh, it really does help us out uh, in sharing this podcast with those that are would would it be that it would be helpful for. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the podcast through patreon please follow the link in the description or the show notes. And there you'll also find links to, our, to shop our merchandise and to get information for upcoming planning events. And please continue to, sp- uh, to pursue union with the Lord so that we can raise up more and more contemporary saints according to the Lord's will. Thank you for all of your support and thank you for your prayers for us. Just know that we are praying for you. God bless.